Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gain the Fan podcast. On today's episode, Joseph and I are going to discuss chapter 14 of The Mandalorian. If you have not watched this episode, like I have done before every other podcast episode for The Mandalorian, go back and watch this episode of The Mandalorian, chapter 14, because, again, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. This was a pretty fantastic episode. I mean, it was pound for pound, I think, one of the most exciting episodes in the series as a whole. And as an as as a member of the audience watching that you're on the edge of your seat the entire time, just anxious for what's going on in this episode. So um, I would not drink a cup of coffee before this episode or else your heart rate's going to be a little too high. Um, so... So go back, watch this episode, come back and listen to Joseph and I break down chapter 14, also known as The Tragedy. So without further ado, Joseph's going to hop on the line and we are going to discuss chapter 14, The Tragedy. All right, so we've got Joseph on the line now. We're ready to dig in. Joseph, how you doing, my man? doing good except for virginia tech getting destroyed but uh <laughs> yeah. other than that pretty good it was a classic uh keep it close by by halftime just to be have the you know the barn doors blown off at in the second half um yeah, and, i didn't and... i didn't watch the game but i because i was watching this episode we we're about to talk about last night i checked the score at halftime and i was like oh okay nice and then <laughs> proceed to get obliterated so yeah yeah that that game had uh everything you wouldn't want in it, it had a random ian book interview in like the third <laughs> quarter and it had uh virginia tech's quarterbacks dropping like flies and i hope hendon hooker's okay because he was like convulsing on the sidelines okay i didn't i knew we had uh some quarterback trouble what happened to hooker so what I've seen was that that Hooker, something with the cold, and he might have some kind of medical condition that's exacerbated by the cold or anything. Oh, or, wow. um, but you, you know, you see guys that are shivering on the sideline. Sometimes that dude was shaking uncontrollably on the sideline. Oh my gosh! And then Burmeister, I think, had a hand injury, and of course, Quincy Patterson's not there anymore. So they put in who would normally be the fourth stringer. And for what it's worth, he didn't play bad, but it it was just, it was a crazy second half. And the team was just like, well, we did our job for a half. Let's go. And Fuente was probably like, I just want my $10 million. Fire me already. Yeah. Do you think he's like, do you think he has um, kind of arrested all hope at this point? Yeah, I think so. And I think, I think the AD is just waiting for him to to get to that what December 9th deadline where instead of twelve and a half million dollars, buyout is ten million. <laughs> Gosh, that's brutal, man. I yeah, I just, I mean, look, he gave a like, he wasn't the the absolute worst, but at this point in his tenure, I just it just feels more and more increasingly like it's time. Yeah, it's. It feels like he's given up, and the players have given up, and everyone's just waiting for the season to end. Yeah, I, which is sad. You don't usually, 
usually you don't you don't see that kind of thing out of a out of a Virginia Tech team. There's usually a lot more fight, and so mm-hmm. oh gosh, just uh, the the never ending um, the never ending duel for me of which uh, which franchise is going to suck more, Virginia Tech football or or Chicago Bears football? So um, well. I- Luckily, the Packers are good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you so have, have you have some hope on the horizon. The the one ray of hope and Virginia Tech basketball. That's right. That's right. We're we're a basketball school now, right? That's uh, that's what yep. I've heard. Always were, as the meme goes. <laughs> Always were. Okay, so let's get to some Mandalorian talk. So this week's episode it was titled "The Tragedy." Um, this is episode six of this season now, so we are nearing the end. There are only two episodes after this week. There's only two episodes left in season two, so we are very much proceeding towards the climax of this show. Um, and so with that in mind, I think last week was a very, um, that it was kind of multi-purpose in a way. It, it advanced the story for sure, but in a less, uh, there were less stakes involved in doing so, and it was probably focusing more on tying together loose ends in the Star Wars universe and propelling us to, to possibly other adventures that were going to go on at another point. This episode was very much centered on the Mandalorian show itself and its storyline and, again, progressing towards the climax. So with all that in mind, Joseph, what did you think of this week's episode? I liked it. Uh, I'm not a huge Boba Fett fan, but I think he was used well in here. Um, the tragedy was tragic. Rest in mm-hmm. peace. The Razor Crest. That was Dude. that was a real tragedy. Oh, gosh, it um, was. Not again. It's like a broken record every week. Nothing. Not as good as the Marshall, <laughs> but uh, but very good. Um, I think I like the structure of the episode more in last week's episode of mm. go save a village um mm-hmm. the the action was really cool um yeah i mean I, I liked it i thought it was a good episode yeah yeah it was um that's a good point you bring up this was like one of the first at least in a while one of the first mandalorian episodes that did not involve like a bounty hunter mission that uh that mando had to complete this was very much a this is not a side quest by any means this was just just really further furthering the plot of this story so i like this episode too and i i it was it was very well done i think i did i i think i also i appreciated this episode for not um for doing the things that we talked about for it it really just focusing on advancing the plot and and honing in specifically on the characters of Mando and Grogu um, in this episode much more than in episodes past. So I enjoyed it for that reason. There's a couple things that, you know, you get nitpicky on that I didn't as much enjoy, but um, definitely some major, some major stakes uh, in this episode. And I think something this show is starting to do very well is we're, we're, we're going to start seeing some things that maybe happened in this episode, uh, the consequences of that are going to show up later, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And so let's uh, let's get into the plot. So this episode, it opens with Mando and Grogu, Baby Yoda, in the Razor Crest 
and they are immediately heading to Tython, which is where Ahsoka, um, in last week's episode, told them to go for Grogu to um, go to one of the ancient Jedi temples to sit on the seeing stone, as they call it, and for him to reach out through the Force to find his own path in, in being trained as a Jedi or just his own path as a, as a Force user himself. And so I really, I thought this was um a bold choice and a smart choice to keep them keep them on track i really i had a feeling that we were gonna we weren't gonna get this episode where they appeared on tython until later in the season until like the last episode Um, yeah that's what i that's what i thought too i thought they were gonna do some little side missions before they went to tython because that's kind of how the structure of the show has been like okay here's a main episode and at the end of it you get told where you need to go next and then the episode right after that, they do something completely different, and then they go to where they're supposed to go. Exactly, and like I don't even—it's not even that I don't like that structure. Um, I I'm perfectly fine with the adventure of the week if you're gonna do it well and it's gonna be enjoyable. Like I enjoyed season one quite a lot, but I I prefer this method of storytelling where you you really entrenched in the plot and then the characters' um, journeys more so than anything else so i i appreciated that they went this route instead um and we see mando honestly and then this is still it's still fresh in my mind because i just watched it last night um a really heartwarming uh little conversation he's having with baby yoda where he's he's trying to get him to uh he's trying to get grogu to to force lift the the little knob from mando's ship that we saw them doing last episode trying continuing to try and get baby yoda to force lift the knob to himself and when baby yoda does it he he has this little reaction is it also another thing that this show is trying to impress upon us is that dank ferric means something <laughs> the little yeah, dank ferric expression like holy crap they've used that so many times it's like the the star wars version of like the f-bomb or something because they, they only ever say it when something bad happens so when he said it i was like why is he saying it now right That's... right i was i was confused it, but we but we see at this reaction of baby yoda he he perceives that he, uh, he thinks he did something wrong so he drops the knob and mando's like oh no 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 you're you're good you're good He's, and he goes on and he says you're talented kid you're special um this was giving me some really like uh, uh like um sorry I'm trying trying to think of the words giving me some real like travely dad vibes um mm-hmm. when you he's he's like shoot now like my kids my kids got some talent I got to go sign him up for the travel baseball team now let him let him pursue his talents he's thinking about all the money it's going to cost to do so and everything it's like he's, uh, it's really he's... giving me those vibes He's taking his talents to South Scarif and uh, <laughs> not not two, not three, not four, but five lightsabers. <laughs> exactly. He's seeing. He's he's watching the chosen one, young LeBron James, aka Baby Yoda. Um, maybe he's Bronny, and Yoda was LeBron. Oh, maybe. Wow, what a revelation! Little Brawny, little little Grogu Brawny, he's trying to make it to the league. I think we just figured out the allegorical connections of the Mandalore. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was all. What what was what was Yoda's decision moment? Was it um, 
I, I was it deciding to take the take the transfer credit to enlist the clone army. I feel like I feel like that was probably it for Yoda. That was probably well, his worst. Well, maybe thing. maybe we see his decision moment in the upcoming High Republic stuff. Oh, there you go. Yoda's decision moment is like, hmm, my talents to the Jedi Council. I'm gonna take. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we broke it down. This whole time, George Lucas was just prophesying the, the the future of the NBA. It all makes sense now. <laughs> wow, but but anyway, th- it, this scene was I don't know. It was very touching for me uh, because I didn't really I, I I think in season one I got you get the impression that mando is just he's changing from being a bounty hunter protecting himself in the galaxy to having to having the responsibility of caring for baby yoda now whereas whereas in this season that that care and that love for baby yoda is truly just kind of blossoming before us on screen and it's not a uh it's no longer just like a duty for him he truly cares and i I just for me i really enjoyed the scene of them and the razor crest heading to tython and and mando doing uh yeah just doing his best to to give him the best possible life as a force user in this crazy galaxy as as he can um uh yeah i don't know what what did you what you think of this scene well i I just realized that was the last time we're ever going to see the two of them in the razor crest yeah and it was just like such a cute dad and son moment i like, know hey kid we're playing catch in the front of the car <laughs> um yeah it was really sweet and heartwarming and then the the meme i'm always seeing is that that cute little scene at the beginning and then it cuts to the title the tragedy and then the meme is like a horrified look of terror after uh, <laughs> the title card comes up <laughs> i know when they when that when that title card popped up as a tragedy i was like oh no Oh no, don't tell me. I was like trying to make every possible explanation in my mind to to be like, "Oh, this it's going to be okay. It's it's really talking about something else." Um Yeah. It Darth Plagueis is in the Star Destroyer. Right. And... <laughs> Have you ever heard the tragedy? Oh man. It's not um, a story the Mandalorian would tell you. <laughs> it's not. Only Sheev Palpatine is telling you that story. Mm-hmm. Um I will there is one thing from this conversation speaking of titles that I, I I'm kind of picking up on. And so we, we obviously we see baby Yoda reach out to the force and hopefully he locates a Jedi somewhere along the way. And I think we'll eventually get to that, to that part at some point in the season. And we'll talk about that later, but um, a little bit of dialogue I caught on to in this scene in the ship is, is Mando. He's like talking to baby Yoda and he's like, I told them that I'm going to take you to your own kind and if they want to, essentially he's telling Baby Yoda, if they want to keep you, you have to go. You have to go and be trained by the Jedi. And I just feel like that, I feel like that might be a little deceptive uh, in the dialogue there. Um, this whole show has been about, at least at this season, it's been about finding Baby Yoda a home to be trained as a future Jedi. And ultimately the bond the ultimate bond in this show is between mando and baby yoda and i don't not necessarily sure they're going to break that bond up um i have a theory that the title of the show in itself the mandalorian is not 
about Mando, it's about Baby Yoda. I think that I think the title, mm-hmm. The Mandalorian, is referring to Baby Yoda, and that we're not going to get a permanent Jedi caretaker of Baby Yoda. That it's uh, it's ultimately the it's ultimately going to fall on Mando's lap, and and he's going to uh, to bring Baby Yoda along in, in all of his journeys, and officially be a Mandalorian above being a Jedi. I don't know. That's that's my that's my little that's, theory. That's cool. I mean, he. He technically is a Mandalorian right now because the mm-hmm. the armorer said he's a foundling, mm-hmm. same as Jango Fett, as we learn. Mm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I like. It. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if that's you know how how much truth we're actually going to find about that. But that's I I just I've got I've got a gut feeling about this one. We'll see. Um, so. So they arrive after the title card. They arrive to Tython and have to. This, this was just a dope, absolutely. I I was smiling, smiling gleefully when they when they cut to Mando saying, "I can't land on top of this temple. There's not enough space. The rest of our ride's gonna have to be with the windows down." And then it cuts to him in his jetpack, hovering in the skies, holding Baby Yoda in his lap. And I'm just like, this dude is the coolest freaking dad. Like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, sorry, sorry, kid. We can't ride in the F one fifty anymore. We got to break out the Harley. <laughs> Basically, he's just he is absolutely flexing on all the other space dads out there. Um, mm-hmm. So, so Mando and Baby Yoda land on top of this Jedi ancient Jedi temple on the planet of Tython. Now, Joseph, I know we we talked a little bit about it last week, and I've certainly read up a, and, and watched videos on it in the past week tython is like one of the origin planets of the of the jedi correct yeah i think i haven't read too much about it either but it's one of the the ancient jedi sites like uh like octo is or oh there's an ancient jedi temple on lothal and i think they're placed around the outer rim as kind of like satellite spots i'm not sure if tython's in the outer rim or not i've been seeing some debate yeah. on that with the uh the dr afra comic saying it's in the inner rim in the core but this episode kind of alluding to it being in the outer rim and i didn't actually read the dr afra comic that it was in um huh. but kind of what what it is i think is she's trying to lure Darth Vader away from the rebel base on Hoth. And so they go to like a different snowy type thing, uh-huh. which I think in the comic, they say that's a, like the, the Northern pole of the planet. So that's why there's snow there. But yeah, it's, it's just kind of an ancient Jedi planet somewhere in the galaxy core outer rim. Who knows? Okay. Okay, that it, and I like there's I, I watched a video on it this week where there was uh, um, someone was just giving a lot of backstory. I think it was the Star Wars Theory YouTube channel was giving a lot of like from one of the comics giving a backstory to Tython and um, but anyway, this is a um, this is an ancient Jedi temple and there's this stone in the middle. It's called the Seeing Stone, and, and Mando's like, all right, I'm going to place you on it. 
does this mean that you see them or do, do they see you? I'm and honestly, like for me, I'm wondering that question too. I think I think Mando's speaking as the audience there. Like, mm-hmm. do we know anything about about a seeing stone and what like? Uh, so essentially, Baby Yoda gets placed on this, and after some time goes by, this blue energy field kind of surrounds him with the force and and sends a beam up into the sky and and he's and he's doing the classic like yoga pose meditating yeah force and so what what do you think is going on here he's connecting to something or somebody and and one of my favorite lines in the episode is when when mando and baby yoda get to the top he says something like does this look jedi like to you <laughs> yeah. he's like yes that was he's great. like i don't i don't know what's going on up here <laughs> some some random orange lady told me to come sit you on top of a stone <laughs> so you got this now, right. right but I, I think he's i think he's probably connected to some kind of jedi and then you see too i noticed this on reddit after the episode there's uh like a little butterfly yeah. flying around and in the oh, what year did that comic come out? I think it was a 2017 Darth Vader comic. You see Darth Vader in a state of meditation, and he's kind of—it's hard to explain without seeing the imagery. But he's seeing what he looks like in the Force, and so his body, minus his arms and legs, is solid black. Hmm. But his arms and his legs are um, white. Oh. Like a glowing white, not like the, like not like Anakin's skin color, like the right, right, the actual solid white. Yeah, and there's little light side butterflies going around in the uh, in the Force vision, huh. and then when he kind of fully embraces being Darth Vader, because the series is set right after Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. he purges all of that light side stuff out of it. So I think the butterfly thing might have been a something to do with the the light side of the force okay i was curious if those butterflies meant anything um because obviously they, i yeah they, sorry, they, they 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 might that's just what i think it could be um yeah or it could just be a butterfly it's that old thing of uh you know when you're writing an english class and the teacher's like now what is the the blue curtains signify and goes into yeah like the author's grief or something and then it the meme will cut to the author's like no i just like blue curtains i think they look nice <laughs> yeah yes exactly but it's, it's the whole well which, which one is it are we reading too much into it or is it right. just a butterfly and as star wars fans like we're always going to look too much into it everything has to <laughs> point to something bigger it feels like so um yeah i was curious about that but yeah so i i i'm not sure obviously i don't think we're supposed to know what's happening there but I, I just found it very interesting that it's that's not something we've seen in Star Wars before. We've seen plenty of Jedi meditate on the Force, um, but to be surrounded by a Force field essentially like that, where Mando couldn't even enter, um, mm-hmm. as Yoda's trying to or Grogu is trying to connect to another Jedi, or I don't know what he's doing. I mean, ultimately, that was you know one of the goals but one of the other goals was just for him to find his own path so we don't that that's so ambiguous we have no idea what what that could mean for little baby yoda little grogu so 
very interested to see what the show decides to do with that because that's definitely coming back later. Um, mm-hmm. I we then see um, Mando as he's watching all this unfold. We see, lo and behold, Slave One enter the atmosphere of this planet. And I watched this with a friend last night, and we were both like, "Is that is that really is that Slave One? Like what?" And it uh that one took me by surprise um it, it took me by surprise too. at all yeah yeah go go on joseph it, it it just so we we knew boba fett was alive and i had heard earlier that that he was in the episode um but i was like okay what's is what's he gonna be doing it's five years later if he spent all that time on tattooing he doesn't have the slave one anymore does he and then the slave one came in and my mind immediately went to so sometime this season we're getting that sweet seismic charge sound effect again right yeah yeah and and he he lands and i'm like oh he's here to like kill mando and take his armor (laughs) yeah and and they didn't quite put the situation in that way and i liked it yeah yeah so did i i think that was what i think everyone was expecting was eventually we'll get a boba fett versus mando showdown but i like the way that they did this and the way like i to me the boba fett thing always seemed like it was going to be like very like many other parts of the show a side mission quest where boba fett is not central to the plot of this show but he's obviously a big part of the star wars universe and he would be a great tie-in to a side quest but instead they literally they tie him into the main plot of this show and i as mm-hmm. him being, as we find out, a true Mandalorian, it makes perfect sense. It really, it truly makes perfect sense. Um, yep. So yep. I really, I really like seeing him again. Yeah, I know. Me too. So, so Boba Fett strolls out of the Slave One in his Tuscan Raider gear with the robe on and the 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 spear slash club uh weapon that the tuscan raiders use i don't know if it has a name but yeah it's called a gaffy stick gaffy stick there we go he, he, um, he walks out with his stick to beat people with <laughs> yeah exactly it's a very brutal weapon and he does and oh boy does he ever in this episode um and then we we as there's this showdown um he's at boba fett has come he's to to tython because he's been tracking mando all across the galaxy and in in episode one we saw the closing shot of him watching mando on the speeder bike speed off a tattooing with the boba fett armor um and so he knows mando has the armor he's followed him to tython to reclaim the armor and mando's first question is well are you a mandalorian um and i can't remember what what does boba fett say in response to that because when i think about it now couldn't he have he just said yes i'm a mandalorian (laughs) Uh, he says something like, I have no allegiance except to myself or that's right. That's no, right. no allegiance, but to myself, which I was like, that sounds very Boba Fett. Like he works. Mm-hmm. Along mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, I think it's going to play a bigger role in, in his character going forward because it, which was another thing that I'm really excited. This show is doing like boba fett's an iconic star wars character yet we don't know hardly anything about his character you know like nothing nothing really past the clone wars and between uh the empire strikes back right because even in his most iconic role of being 
one of the bad guys in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. He's just simply a bounty hunter. There's no knowledge of his backstory until we get to the prequels. There's no knowledge of his motivations. Like he is just a like hire to kill character. And um, very, very, very interesting that now we're getting to see some actual like story personality character development in boba fett i mean i think that's and i think it's going to be specifically rewarding for the the old trilogy diehards i mean that's um Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool um so mando will not give boba the armor because he doesn't know if he's a true mandalorian um and so we are expecting them to face face down and showdown right here and there until we hear boba fett say that he's got a, a shooter out on the rocks um who will not hesitate to pull the trigger and mando's like well you know i got my best car i'm i'm fine i'm i i'm good until they reveal that it is indeed oh gosh joseph i'm blanking on her name what what is the character's name fennec Fennec. i think that's right okay yes fennec who is the bounty hunter that we met in the dave filoni directed episode of season one uh, chapter five, the gunslinger. Um, if you if you remember in season one, uh, Mando gets into a little run in with her and the gunslinger character who tries to steal Baby Yoda, um, and they essentially leave Finnick for dead in the deserts of Tatooine until at the end of the episode we see a mysterious figure go to to rescue her, and we find out in this episode that it was Boba Fett. I I was um really thrilled that they they tied in that that um kind of unresolved plot piece from from season one mm-hmm. yeah and it's always in the uh the dave filoni way of there's no filler even though I, mm-hmm. from what i've gathered that's not the most popular episode but yeah it'll still not be the most popular episode but it won't be reduced to just filler anymore no but, no um, absolutely not and i think back in season one everyone was like so was that Boba Fett or who yeah. Who was it? And, and they never really found out until now. So, <clears throat> And I think a lot of people were hoping it, it was. And obviously, it was a joy to see Boba Fett return at the end of episode one of this season. But I think to further tie him into the plot this way was very wise. Um, and so Finnick, on top of the rock, has her sniper aimed at <clears throat> Baby Yoda, who is meditating on the seeing rock still. Um, and that's obviously any time a gun is pointed at baby yoda anytime baby yoda is is in danger we as an audience panic um and so that this obviously this obviously brings some raises some eyebrows to mando as he tries to de-escalate the situation by asking everyone to lower their weapons asking mando they ask mando to take his jetpack off and and he never puts it on again for some reason. I don't get it. I Joseph, I don't get it at all. Why would he leave it there? So if I had a complaint about the episode, it was that. Yeah, that makes no <laughs> or a, sense. A, a major complaint. Like He's like, I need to get to Baby Yoda fast. Let me, let run, me, run. Let me run up <laughs> this hill. Sorry, I haven't got my cardio in in a while. Hold on. Let me get my steps in for the day. I need yes. to... I'm going to go sprint up the side of this mountain now instead of using my jetpack. <laughs> what? Mando, what are you doing? There have been several times in this show 
where I have questioned Mando's judge- judgment significantly. Not as much in this season, but boy, this takes the cake. Um, so we see a couple of Imperial, um, I don't know what you want to call them, some, some lighter ships that are uh, just transporters carrying stormtroopers land on the planet. And that immediately sends everyone into a frenzy as Fennec and Boba Fett go to take down some stormtroopers and get to to slave one to protect i i think their ship unless i okay i can't remember did at this point mando asked them to specifically protect the child or was that later they i think they had made the deal where boba fett said all right you give me the armor and we'll make sure nothing happens to the child they made that in kind of they the made first, that arrangement yeah they did that in the first tense meeting um after Mando had taken his jetpack off and Boba right. had laid down his like rifle thing that looks really cool. Yeah, it does look pretty sweet. Um so okay, so that so they have a deal now. Boba and Finnick are to help protect the child in return for Boba receiving the Boba Fett armor back. Um Which Ma- which Mando never agreed to. Oh, he, he, he never verbally agreed to it. So it's kind of interesting that Boba Fett still went along with the with the agreement. Hey, man, he's just he's just looking out for himself. He's got no allegiances. He's got no allegiances, as we as we know. Um, And so Mando races up to the Jedi temple where Baby Yoda is still meditating, um, still surrounded by that force field. And he tries to penetrate the this force field to grab baby yoda because he knows that they've got to go they've got to get out of here and he can't get through this the strength of the force field surrounding baby yoda will not allow mando in and it and it kind of i kind of knocks him out of his senses and, and sends him to the ground um unconscious for a little bit and so then we get uh fennec and boba fett in a very long action set sequence uh where boba fett in the tuscan raider armor or not armor but with the tuscan raider um goffy stick is just laying waste to the stormtroopers like oh my goodness like nothing i had seen like i know i and we'll get to him later in the in the episode once he gets the armor but i was enjoying him just with the gaffy stick like he was just disposing of dudes with that it was crazy he, he'd hit people and you just see armored chunks flying right. and yeah. you're like wow that dude is dead and his death really hurt <laughs> yeah like that was some that was some brutal action because usually star wars it's just lightsabers and and you know the laser beams from the blasters but like nah he boba fett was not playing around with the with the tusk he was Raider. like he was cracking heads in that one yeah like what there was one dude's helmet that lit legit like it, it was tore. like splitting. It was split in half or something. Yeah, yeah. It was like shredded, and I, I'm, I'm just sitting here like, oh, oh my gosh. Like when, when, when he does the, he's on top of the rock behind the stormtrooper, and he jumps and does like a full extension over the head chop on that guy. Yes. And I was like, wow, Boba Fett's in good shape. Yeah, <laughs> he still and, got it. He still got it. And that's without the jetpack or the Mandalorian armor. <laughs> Right, this is just him. This is just a dude with the gaffy stick just all, like obliterating these stormtroopers and um after he takes out several uh, you know, the, him and Finnick take out like the first 
transporter of stormtroopers pretty easily um and it gives boba a moment where he is standing in front of the razor crest with the hatch down which again lord knows how many times mando has left his his car unlocked in this in this show my goodness i i don't know why he would ever leave anything valuable in the razor crest because like, it could, no it, I, I don't have i don't have all of this best car in my <laughs> open ship that has the keys and the ignition like bruh you have got one job protect baby yoda and protect that that means protect the stuff of your ship too. He is man, man, Mando is like stuck in 1950 or something where he thinks you can leave your your door unlocked and right. Oh, the kids just go out and ride your bikes through the neighborhood. You'll be we'll you'll be you, okay. We'll see you in uh, see you in 12 hours. Yeah, come home for dinner. And there are there. Mando may be a cool dad. Is he a safe and responsible dad? Not always. Um, no, he's he's not a he's not someone I would. Um, you know what he is? He's that, he's that, uh, that crazy uncle that lets you get away with whatever you want. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then when the parents come around, he's like, all right, here's lots of sugar. Good night. Good, good night. And, uh, we're not going to lock the house either. Um, yeah, dude is, dude is off the hinges. So, so Boba Fett regains the armor. We don't see him for a little while. Finnick instead is single-handedly taking down trying to take down the second wave of stormtroopers that come out of the second transport um and she's doing a pretty good job herself with with her rifle skills uh gunning down lots of stormtroopers and then we get a pretty that one of the um one of the stormtroopers brings out you know essentially like a turret gun uh that sits on a stand and and um you know is is automatic blaster if you want it whatever automatic rifle and in, in, in star wars i don't know what that counts as but essentially brings out and starts shooting all over the rocks all over the place and you know in classic stormtrooper form doesn't come close to hitting finnick uh even though she at one point is sitting behind a rock proceeds to stand up and run in completely unguarded territory where there's no protection at all behind any boulders and the stormtrooper still just misses and misses well, you know, and misses. They, they can only hit Beskar. That's the only That's right. Can, That's right. We learned that. Hit, they can't hit anything that isn't Beskar. And we see that in this episode where, yeah. where you know Mando's whole outfit is not Beskar and they're like, "Oh, we can only hit his helmet and his chest plate <laughs> and his shoulder pad. Let's not it's hit like him." It's like a magnet. Like, let's not hit him in the stomach or like the knee or well, I guess he's got knee pads, but Let's not hit him in like the side of the thigh or the the elbow. We have we can only get kill shots when a kill shot doesn't matter. Exactly, they are the most useless troopers in all of Star Wars consistently. And so there was there was a stormtrooper that runs when Boba Fett is doing his uh, his gaffy stick stuff. The stormtrooper runs up to within like two feet of him with the blaster, and then Boba Fett's like, "Are you here?" And then just ends. <laughs> him. It's like, don't don't shoot this guy that is not using a blaster from ten feet away. Run straight up to him, <laughs> not firing at all, and wait Maybe. for him to to kill you or something. It really makes you think. Like the stormtroopers are, you know, they're somehow contracted out by the rebellion purposely trying to lose the war for like like what like what's going on here guys like it it is truly baffling some of their decisions um 
And so, um, Finnick, Finnick gets behind this rock and it very wisely after some blaster shots to the rock, she's able to kind of kick it loose and it's this giant boulder and gives us like an Indiana Jones, uh, rolling of the boulder down the down the pathway and the stormtroopers are scattering everywhere and then uh, once again this guy on the turret gun just not the sharpest of the bunch because instead of getting out of the way of this increasingly speedy rock that's coming straight at him he decides to stand right in front of it and see if he can shoot it down with the turret gun i i I don't know what his thought was here and he wasn't even the only one. Like the the stormtroopers that it mows down on its way down the hill, it's like let's not run sideways. Let's run straight down. <laughs> and, and, and there's so like, much land in front of you to to escape, and instead you it's just not stay like in the they're path. in the they're not in the middle of like a trail where you can only go straight. They're like, oh, you could turn to the right and jump behind another rock and be safe. But no, you have <laughs> but to. No. You have to go like this. Well, they did, they just wanted to be Indiana Jones. Um, well, in, I, Indiana Jones got out alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly, so. exactly. They uh, they did not have the same luck as the boulder takes out the guy with the turret gun, um, and and despite taking down so many stormtroopers, there's still a lot left. And Mando, after upon trying to enter Baby Yoda's force field that he summoned continues to fail at getting through and instead uh mando decides he's going to go help out on the ground to fend off the stormtroopers uh because he he feels like baby yoda's probably safe if he can't get through the force field nobody can and of course as soon as he leaves baby yoda exits the force field and goes into sleep mode um as we know as we will learn later in the show too that uh Baby Yoda, a uh, little little sleepy after lots of force is exerted. Uh, he just he doesn't have the stamina yet in his in his little life. Um, and so Baby Yoda takes a nap on the sleeping on the <laughs> not the sleeping rock the on the seeking stone. Um, and Mando heads down to fight the stormtroopers off with him and Finnick doing their best to fend them off, but not great. And then we get lo and behold. Boba Fett in the Boba Fett armor shows up and in his old outfit he's he's with rocking jet, it with his jetpack with his jetpack with his Mando that that Mando still hasn't gone to get his jetpack that is right. remote controlled with his like wristband right right but but Boba Fett remembered to get his that he hasn't seen in five years Boba's just he's a little more experienced he's a seasoned veteran he's you know he's He's the guy that, that that you need to win the championship. Um, he's he's the he's the AD on the Lakers. He's like a he's like a kind of like AD, but he's like the more talented, like Andre Iguodala, the 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 glue guy, the veteran. Uh, he's been Gosh. around. He's seasoned. He's he's been around the league. He knows the ins and outs. He's not going to make the foolish decision to forget his jetpack. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike unlike young Mando, Mando's got a lot to learn. Um, and so, and so Boba, he, uh, starts, starts really giving us some incredible action sequences. It's like, again, this is like the payoff of the guy that you, that, that everyone thought looked so BA and so cool in Star Wars as a, as a kid and Boba Fett. Um, but you didn't really see it 
Well, now you're going to see it as he starts gunning down stormtroopers. He's got some like rockets in his kneecaps. That was pretty. That was pretty sweet. All of a sudden, he's just shooting yeah, missiles I, out of his kneecaps in his armor. That was that wasn't do. He's he's shooting missiles out of his like. He he's shooting everything. He's got his gun. He's got the little arm blaster. He's got the knee blasters. <laughs> he's got the jetpack rocket. He's he's got everything. He's like decked out completely. Um, and so he. I mean, this was incre- I mean, this was an incredible sequence. I mean, um probably the best some of the best uh solo action shots we see in this in this show is 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 a boba fett just laying waste to the stormtroopers in the armor um and then after after taking them down the two transporter vehicles try to leave the atmosphere and head back to what we find is the imperial cruiser uh and this is after the the stormtroopers that are left alive are running for their lives right 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 yes i i it's important you know that that boba was so impressive that um the stormtroopers just decided to flee instead and so as the two transporters are leaving the atmosphere you see the little antenna on boba's helmet come down and he and he and it gives him the scope and so he targets one of the ships bends down shoots the rocket off and the rocket uh takes down the first ship blast it away and then sends it plummeting into the second ship as they both explode in the air behind boba as he turns around and this is one of two uh moments that that were uh to me felt like some iron man callbacks um the the famous iron man shot of the of uh him shooting the missile at um at one of the tanks and then him turning around walking away as it explodes in the background is it was really giving me uh similar similar feelings to to this shot of boba shooting down the transporters yeah have you ever have you ever listened to the song cool guys don't look at explosions <laughs> no oh <laughs> uh, i'll have to send it to you because that's crazy. a song what yeah it's, it's called cool guys don't look at explosions i think it's the lonely island does it oh the lonely island what and, a, what, a, uh, what a group and and it's it's hilarious, but yeah, cool cool guys don't look at explosions, and they and they've got the stuff where like Wolverine is walking away from the exploding helicopter, and Iron Man's walking away from the tank, and yeah, all all kinds of other stuff in movies. When you see that, it's probably got the Terminator in there. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible! I gotta watch that. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I love Lonely Island too. But uh, pretty much, yeah, Boba Fett. And, and it is cooler when when you don't look at the explosion. You just oh, walk absolutely. away and, and you don't even flinch. So. And then you say, "I wasn't even aiming for that one." Like, dang, okay, okay, Boba with the with the ultimate flex on everybody else. Um, and so after this, you get the feeling that all right, we won. Um, Boba got his armor. The child's safe. So you know, deal deal is processed. Um, but instead we see a red beam emerge out of the sky come crashing down to the ground below and literally explode the razor crest into pieces it is no longer a ship it is it is just shrapnel it completely destroys the ship it's not even it's not even shrapnel there's nothing left of it yeah it's complete there is a hole in the ground yeah i left a crater with a beskar steel uh spear Mm-hmm. And like that's it, which it's funny too because 
this is getting into the the toy range. Hasbro, oh, yeah. not a month ago, finished up a crowdsourcing campaign for the three and three quarter inch uh, Star Wars figure collection of the Razor Crest, and it was no. three hundred. It was three hundred and fifty dollars a piece. Oh my and, gosh! And and I ended up not getting one, and I'm really happy I didn't get one now. Cause it's gone. But, but but one of the one of the guys from work I know, me and him were joking one day. This was, this was probably a month and a half or, or two months ago. Cause it, because the the campaign was open for about two months I think. Yeah. And and me and him were talking. He was like, "You gonna get one of these?" And I said, "No, I don't, I don't think so." And he said, I, "I'm probably gonna get one. I missed out on the last one of these that they did, and uh, and and those are going for a lot. Those are really good value right now." Yeah. And I said, "Well, you know what's gonna happen." They're gonna sell these for two hundred fifty bucks and then destroy the ship. Ha 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 ha! And then I was watching the episode. And I said, "Oh no, that dude is not gonna be happy when he watches <laughs> this." And and I saw no, I saw something on Reddit where where they were talking about the destruction of the Razor Quest crest, and they were like, "These somebody needs to check in on these uh, Hasbro." fans that bought this thing yeah. see, see if they're okay after they and you know they, there's they were selling them for for 350 dollars and they sold about twenty nine thousand of them oh my gosh and you could buy a maximum of five and you know there's guys out there that bought, that bought five of oh them. i'm sure and probably more they just did it under a different credit card or something Sent it to their neighbor and was like, "Hey, um, you can uh, just give it to me, and we'll be good." Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh, that what a uh, I, man! What a Star Wars thing to do. Just, just absolutely crushing uh, fans out there who just bought. Man, that that that's some good uh, detail to add because especially. That it came out less than a month ago. That's and the. It's, it's really funny too because one of the they had bonuses for if they got to a certain amount. Like, oh, if we have fifteen thousand people support this, or if, if we have uh-huh. this many people go, and then uh, one of them was an escape pod, and everyone's like, "Oh, is the escape pod gonna gonna play into season two? No, <laughs> it's not nope. going to. It is not. <laughs> and it's done. Uh, you will never see the Razor Crest again. R.I.P. 21 gun salute to the to the razor crest um you served mando as best as you could considering he didn't lock you up ever uh to protect you from thieves um man this kind of is such a staple of the show so it's kind of sad to see it go yeah it's like if you lost the millennium falcon and empire strikes back yeah well, maybe it's, it's not quite that that big but um i mean it's it's pretty sizable thing they're yeah they're doing the whole mandalorian has everything taken away from him and has to rebuild from scratch to get his son back yep they're deaf absolutely um and so not only does mando lose the razor crest in this episode nope this this episode isn't called the tragedy for no reason it's gonna we're gonna pull at the heartstrings even more because he is also going to lose baby yoda as as we head up to the atmosphere and see moff gideon aboard his imperial cruiser uh commanding that the dark troopers yes the dark troopers be um 
commissioned into the air. And so they, we see these black droid-like figures emerge and start uh, propelling towards the surface. And here again, this is two of the, the second instance of which I'm getting the Iron Man callback of you've got the, the little like, um, you know, light beams, energy beams coming out of the feet and the hands. I mean, like, I mean, Fat Favreau wrote the show. You you know he's gonna get in those little uh, those little analogies here and there where he can. So the dark troopers come flying through the skies like Iron Man to the ground where Baby Yoda is taking his nap because he's not in the force field any longer. And they just stand there. And I thought we might get to see these troopers in action real quick with you know against Mando and, and the rest of his crew. Um, no, we do not get to see them in action as they just stroll up snag baby yoda and take off again and i was in shambles when this happened my, my mom was too she was like oh no oh no oh no not the baby where's the mandalorian we yep. need to get the baby and, yep. I, and i was feeling that way too like oh no and they it wasn't like uh you, you know some other directors would do something where you t- you see them take two steps towards the child and then cut to the mandalorian and then they take another two steps to the child and then you cut yep. back to the mandalorian nope they walk up pick him up and fly away easy yeah like no uh funny business about it did you have like i i kind of thought we were going to get a jedi i thought i thought a jedi was going to appear here like at the last second in um and I don't know. I wasn't like expecting a specific Jedi. I just thought because Yoda or because Grogu had reached out, that we might see a Jedi show up and dispose of the Dark Troopers. Did you have? Did you think that might happen? No, I thought we were going to get a fight sequence, but yeah. I didn't think we were going to get a Jedi. Okay, okay, that was just me. That was just me. But anyway, the Dark Troopers take off with Baby Yoda, head up to the Imperial cruiser, and Boba Fett is ready to jump into action and take him down. Um, because he hops into the slave one and takes off to uh, to take the d- dark troopers down, but instead, Mando tells him, "Nope, protect the child. We're we're just gonna see what's going on up here." So Boba investigates and he goes immediately. They're back, they're back, and they're like, "What? What are you talking about?" And and he says, "The Empire. They're back." Because he he sees an Imperial cruiser hovering in the atmosphere and knows exactly what's going on, um, mm-hmm. and just a wild wild turn of events um a couple things i want to hit on to here towards the end um just some questions uh one did you did you see uh is this what the dark troopers um what how'd they look to you i thought they looked cool i'm trying to figure out if they're droids or cyborgs i know yeah I, they, I, they had I they had like robot they had like robot hands and mm-hmm. they, it looked like they had maybe robot feet or if it was just something built into the suit, but they've got the helmets on. So you never see if they have a face or not. Right. So, if, but if they're cyborgs, that's some, some crazy sauce going in an Imperial oh, yeah. science division. Right. And then, yeah, just, they were, their efficiency was so much more efficient than the stormtroopers. Right. Right, why didn't he send those down at the beginning? Maybe it's maybe they only have like the the 12 or 15 of them we saw in in that one episode yeah. when he was looking. Maybe those are the only ones they have and they're like, you know, we would win this fight, but we'd probably lose two or three of these dark troopers. Yeah. So let's just kind of 
use the stormtroopers to draw them away from this little temple thing and then say, all right, dark troopers, go down, get in, get out quick. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, like, it feels a lot to me like Moff Gideon has all the firepower. Like, like he's got the cruiser, he's got the darksaber, he's got the dark troopers. Like, for any of the Imperial remnants, he's got an embarrassment of riches compared to, to, to anything else going out in the galaxy, it seems like. Um, and so, um, Mando is talking to Boba and to Finnick and Boba really cool shows him, uh, I almost like a, I'm not sure what, what was the hologram that he showed that he showed Mando? He, I, I was he called to it, out. He, he called it the chain code. Yes. I'm not really sure what it, what all it is, but there's been some people that, that have decoded the language. Okay. And so it says something like, uh, Boba Fett, um, like son of, I can't remember if it says son of Django in it or not. And then they start talking about how in the chain code, it shows that Django was a foundling. Yeah. It, it references Jaster Mareel, who was Django Fett's adopted father in the old legends stuff. Hmm. And I think Jaster Mareel is the code name that Boba Fett uses. And he, he infiltrates the Imperial army between episodes three and four and nobody ever finds out about it but um and that's all legend stuff but but it does it does reference jester mareel and talks about how Django was a foundling okay that's really cool because boba even mentions that he um him he's talking to mando and uh kind of says that uh that his father Django was a foundling um and and so after showing this to mando mando approves and and says that he can have the armor that he's well deserving of it um and thanks them for attempting to save the child uh but they agree that a deal is a deal that they um they agreed that in return for boba fett's armor they would protect the child and boba and finnick both realized that they did not they were not able to hold their end of the deal up. And so they say, Nope, we will, we will go out and help you protect this child. Now. Um, we're not going to leave with the armor and leave you, uh, to go about it on your own, which I just thought was so cool because it's not like a, Oh good. I like Boba Fett as a person better now. It's just, he's a bounty hunter and it, it makes sense given what we know about bounty hunters and the, and the guild and everything we know about it in this universe is they uh they hold their world they hold their word dearly i think and and it goes back to boba saying that you know he he's he's loyal to himself at the beginning of this episode but ultimately he's loyal to his word too i just thought it was it was pretty cool the way they they decided to do that yeah boba and Django, while they were you know not not the greatest of individuals had a code of honor that they right they followed and you hear I saw some people talking about the references to Hondo Onaka and the Clone Wars talking to Boba about um, Django's code of honor because Hondo knew Django. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's just cool to see a different side of Boba Fett yeah. as, an, as an adult than we've really seen because his appearances in the comics, he's quiet. He doesn't say a lot. 
he just gets right. the job done mm-hmm. and then leaves. And now we're kind of seeing, okay, he's, he's not the, the scoundrel with a heart of gold, like Han Solo, yeah, but he's a bounty hunter with his own code of honor. Yeah. Which I think is cool and kind of fits in with what we know about the Mandalorians. Yeah. I, I think it does too, because I think this is, um, this is the whole reason why Mando is trying to find Baby Yoda a home in the first place. Now, but you know, obviously now it's because he truly has a bond with the child. But um, before, it's out of that code of honor. So um, I, I think it brings us a relation, or at least there's a similarity between Boba and Mando beyond the armor that they wear, and I think that's very important for this show as well. Um, as we go forward because i think it i I don't know i i kind of think boba might be a more main character uh of this show going forward there's something i think we'll talk about with some speculation yeah that i think boba fett will be a main character through the end of the season but not as much in the future Mm -hmm. but we can talk about that in a little bit yeah so so the show ends or the, the episode ends with the slave one uh, landing on navarro and we get some we get some a conversation between mando and cara dune as cara dune is officially now i can't remember what the title is but she is working for the rebellion um as another uh almost police uh in a policing role almost like protecting uh navarro from imperial threats as a rebellion counterpart um and so she is asked by Mando to find the records of, I cannot remember the character's name, but Bill Barr's character from season one in May- chapter Mayfeld. six episode. Mayfeld, yes, correct. Yep. Mayfeld. Just, just, just associate it with Baker Mayfield and you'll get it. I would think that every time. I do that every time he says it. Um, so, okay, so Mando is asking for the records of, you know, the prison May- Mayfeld, right? Why? Why is he asking for this? Do we have any? Do we have any idea why? Because I couldn't figure it I out. I think I think it's something like Mayfield is a is like a slicer, and he says something in the episode like, "I need to find Mayfield so we can find an Imperial cruiser." So I guess Mayfield is a is maybe like a tracker. Which oh okay. He's if he's got Boba Fett, I don't know why he needs another tracker, but it it should be interesting because I feel like Mayfield is gonna absolutely hate mando yeah (laughs) when he sees him there's there's not a single other person he could think of besides the guy that he put into new republic prison in season one yeah 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 i was about to say like that is gonna be such a like reunion of bad blood it's gonna be it's not gonna end well for mando in the slightest um because because you don't you can't trust this guy you may uh but Man- mando um you know hopefully with the help of of boba fett and finnick will be on top of their game um we then get a shot upon the imperial cruiser of moff gideon going to a prison cell with baby yoda inside it and when he opens the door baby yoda oh my goodness is he force choking two stormtroopers yes um he's force choking two stormtroopers and like swinging them across the room at each other knocking them unconscious i mean joseph what's going on i mean i I, i'm a little worried is 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 baby yoda showing us some dark side 
that is definitely some dark side. They opened the door and I was like, oh, he's going to be asleep or something. They opened the door and it's like, no, he's just destroying these guys. And the two stormtroopers behind Moff Gideon are like, hey, can we stop this? And Moff Gideon's like, nah, nah, just let him go. <laughs> let him do his thing. I, w- I want to see what happens. And then he walks up to Baby Odin and is like, hey, you're using the Force. You want to see my dark saber <laughs> yes here, here, like, here we so go weird and then baby yoda tries to take the dark saber i'm like whoa baby yoda is uh he's getting a little violent <laughs> a little edgy i mean i know he's still in that toddler stage but 50 years he's been around a while he's he may be closer to that preteen edgy phase uh than than we think yeah he's <laughs> i he's, i don't know he's getting I'm, there i'm worried for baby yoda um for multiple reasons, but the the dark side thing really is. I mean, like, it's not like you know he's gotten his Jedi training on uh, at the Jedi Temple early in his life, but he has lived in isolation for several years now. I mean, for the majority of his life, uh, through from Order sixty six to this point, has lived in captivity of some kind. We can imagine and. Mm-hmm. And now he's separated from the one person he has a bond with left, and that's uh, that's Mando. And 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 maybe he is tapping into a little dark side because of the fear that he has of being separated. I, I don't know. Um, well, def I'm definitely eager to find out. Like who? Like who knows? Did he pick up on this by reaching out through the Force the way he did at the Seeing Stone? I I, I don't know. Um, but. Essentially, he falls asleep. Moff Gideon um, is talking about how you you've gotten good with the Force, but you fall, you get really sleepy when when that happens, and and so uh, we can assume uh, because earlier before this, Moff Gideon asks, uh, you know the the actually I think it's right after Baby Yoda kind of falls dozes off that he asks the you know commander aboard the Imperial cruiser to send an encrypted message to dr pershing that they have the donor um and a couple questions i'm like one where are they going uh because they're in hyperspace and i i feel like they i i kind of if they're sending the message to dr pershing i don't think that they have the testing equipment that they were doing on baby yoda there on the cruiser so they got to be going somewhere where this is at and i'm curious where, where that's going to be like where, where is moff gideon's like base at you know what i mean maybe his base is on an old planet from the prequels where it rains all the time and they do some oh, oh a little camino <laughs> yeah maybe because because like you said in one of the earlier episodes dr pershing has that camino logo on his uh he does uniform so maybe we're gonna go see some Kaminoans, those shady fellas that implanted over 66 into those poor clones yeah i think we might be getting uh oh man can you imagine a beskar spear versus dark saber battle in the rain oh my gosh that would look so cool that that would be awesome wow i i also wonder could he like our so a theory like it's not um a theory that you talked about earlier in the show was that um I believe you did anyway was that we're going to get like a showdown between 
Moff Gideon and all of his army versus Mando, Boba, Bo-Katan's going to get back involved into things. And we're going to see like this like massive like kind of, or, or even Cobb Vanth maybe like this massive crew of of all the characters that we've seen kind of sprinkled in throughout the show come unite um, in one place. Mm-hmm. And, I, feel like, I feel like we're heading towards that. And now that we've got Cara Dune as a New Republic marshal or deputy or whatever, she can call mm. the X-Wing guys and say, hey, we've got a legitimate Imperial cell. That's we need right. A, like, we need a, a squadron of X-Wings stat. Yeah, I. that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I think Boba, I think Boba Fett and Fennec will likely be with Mando for the duration of this season. I think, I think Cara Dune and any Republic firepower she has is going to show up as well. Um, because she, she may be, have her, does she have her allegiances to the Republic? Yes. But, um, she's also, uh, very fond of baby Yoda and yeah, a friend of Mando, so she's going to jump into battle. I, I truly believe it. Because when uh, when Mando goes and says, "I need to figure out how to break this guy out of prison," she's like, "Well, we got rules mm. with the New Republic." And then he says, "They took the kid," and she's like, "All right, I'm about to break all the rules." Yeah, yeah. To get the kid back. She's about to risk it all. So I am. Oh man, I'm just so excited to see how they're going to close this thing out because I I really I. I think it. I think it's heading into that big like collaboration between all the characters that that we've seen and loved so far, and that just mm-hmm. sounds awesome to me. Um, do you have any thoughts, real quick, on if Baby Yoda communicated with another Force user out there? Who it could who it could be? I think she did. Most likely choices I think would be. Luke Skywalker yeah. or Ezra. A yeah. choice that I didn't like, but a situation that I would like is if they bring Mace Windu back. I kn- Okay, I knew you were going to say it. And Boba Fett sees Mace Windu. He's tried to kill Mace Windu in the past, yeah. you know, in, in the Clone Wars. I don't want Mace Windu to come back. But if he does, I definitely want that interaction. Oh, 1000%. I was literally about to tell you, like, I, I'm pulling up on my phone a text now. Like, me and my brother were texting about it last night, and he texted the same theory to me. He said he, he, he that he thinks it's going to end with Mace Windu showing up, and Mando's going to have to pick a side. Does he, does he go with the kid to help him get trained with Mace Windu, or does he, you know, trust trust his new his new comrade boba fett's word and that this guy killed his father you know like oh and man that that gets risky man i mean like that could and be and then if if ahsoka shows up mace windu and ahsoka are not on the best no either. no they're not so ahsoka would probably be like under no circumstances do you give the child to this dude right right yeah because they're um Mace Windu doesn't doesn't have exactly the best track record as far as leading Jedi in the um, Jedi Council. Uh, I, how do you? Where do you think we're gonna go from here? Next episode, I think is gonna be. I think the whole episode is gonna be a prison break for Mayfeld. Uh huh. And I ain't got a clue where the season finale's going. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I kind of think we're... I don't see next week as a side quest. I think we are going to get a prison breakout of Mayfeld. But they got to... I don't know. They, they've they got to find a way to then tie it into Moff... I, I think we'll... I, I personally think we'll get some Moff Gideon screen time just on his own next week. I think wherever, we might, wherever he's heading to, to take... I think to, we might get a... They always set up Moff Gideon shows up at like the end of the episode... Yep. So I think the whole episode is going to be a prison break of Mayfeld. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to, I think they're finally going to say what Moff Gideon's plan is. Yep. I think so too. I I could absolutely see it. And um, I think episode eight, the season finale, they're able, Mayfeld's able to locate wherever, uh, um, wherever Moff Gideon's hiding out at. And I think, I think like you predicted a long ago, we get uh, Mando calls on everybody that he knows to to come join him and take him down. Because I think everybody's got like, um, everyone, everyone other than Cobb Vanth, Vanth, I'm not completely sure what his motivations would be in it, but everyone else has a motivation in it. Like, yeah, Boba, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm starting to think we're not going to see Cobb Vanth again this season. Yeah. I think he might be right, because I as I was saying it, I'm thinking why why what does he have, what what's in it for him? Because for he, everyone else, like even like Bo Katan could come back, because because we know she she knows that he's got the dark saber, so it's easy for her mm-hmm. to jump back in. Uh, Cara Dune, that's her responsibility now is to you know, uh, you know, snuff out the Empire, blah blah blah. Like it goes down the line. And I'm not sure what Cobb Vanth offers in that battle because he doesn't have the armor anymore. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, he's just a dude with a blaster at this point. He's going to be like in, at the end of Endgame when uh, when Mantis shows up and is just like, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna punch you. Yeah. Not, not, with like any, not with like any super strength or powers. Nope. It's just going to be nope. a, just a regular punch. Nope, just a, just a good old punch. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's about all he's got to offer in the battle at this point but you know that's okay um but yeah man i am i i've just been impressed with how much they've moved the plot along in the last few episodes so i i know it's building towards a pretty major climax um i feel very confident in that and so i'm very excited to see what that looks like i am not sure that the Mandalorian is going to get Baby Yoda back this season. Really? Yeah, I think that might be the cliffhanger that the big battle they lose. Oh man. Oh man, what a Okay, now now I'm digging this cuz it would it would be uh there's got to be like last season it ended and the mission was Mando's got to return Baby Yoda to like we knew exactly what season two was going to be about. It's going to be about Mando trying to find mm-hmm. Baby Yoda, uh, another Jedi, um, and, and they win at the at the end of season one. Exactly. And I think they're going to follow an original trilogy structure of Act One they win, Act Two they lose, and then Act Three they come back in and and get their final victory. Yeah, I could see it. I could absolutely see it. I, um, it would give it would give the audience at least like a early plot synopsis of what season three is going to be about. Um, 
Well, and simultaneously, uh, it, it torment them knowing that Baby Yoda's in danger for a year. Right, right, exactly. Like what the that is the ultimate cliffhanger. I I almost, uh, I, I would almost guarantee that 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 could ha- after you saying it now, it just makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And there's so many. I, I just another thing I've noticed about this show. There are so many. They're doing so much at once because. Obviously, the main plot is uh, protect Baby Yoda, find him a home, uh, defeat the 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 bad guys, defeat Moff Gideon and his and his Empire remnant. But there are so many subplots going on, and the show's done a tremendous job of weaving them in. Like like we see at the end of Episode One that Boba Fett is alive, and in Episode Six he's he's in the mix, and I know that. Uh, today's ep- this week's episode of baby yoda reaching out with the force on the seeking stone is going to bring that that is going to come back later we are going to see whether it's a jedi or another force user we don't know or whoever it is someone there is going to be a consequence of that action there that, that we'll see later in the show and um the show's proven that it's good at at uh dropping seeds that are going to you know produce fruit later on in the in the show Mm-hmm. yeah um and and i think the thing to look at with boba fett too is there's a there's a disney investor call this week that's going to be i think they said it's four hours long oh boy and i think this week they're going to officially announce the boba fett show oh okay so i, I think that's why he's not going to be a regular through the rest of the right. mandalorian but right. he, he will be in this season. But I okay. think he's going to have his own show. That season one will be everything between Return of the Jedi and The Mandalorian. Yep. And then it'll skip. Oh, that's interesting. And that's supposedly, interesting. supposedly it's already filming. So they're just oh. going to be like, they're just going to be like, bam, here you go. It's coming out oh, summer I didn't, 2020. I didn't realize that. Okay, supposedly, so they've really that, kept it under wraps if that's the case. That's, that's that's what the the rumor is about it. So if it doesn't happen on Tuesday or whatever, oh, I'd whatever be so day down that, for it. that call is, but yeah, uh, I'd be, be so maybe down for be it. on the maybe be on the lookout for some big uh, big Star Wars Disney, news. Well, maybe all of Disney Plus news. Oh, true. Some, uh, oh, I I would love to get some updates on the Marvel shows. I've been dying to watch those. Yeah, uh, the only one we really know the release date for is WandaVision on yeah. January 15th, but I think we're going right. to get confirmation of Black Widow coming to Disney Plus too. Um, oh, man, that makes me a little not, sad. Not not in the same way as, as HBO Max is doing. I think they're going to do a Mulan model where it's like, if oh. you want to watch this, you got to pay 30 bucks. I That's interesting. That's very but, interesting. But, yeah, I, th- I think they're going to reveal some of that stuff this week. Good, good scoop, Joseph. I did not know about this. Okay, that's good. That's good to know. Well, I I think that about does it for this week's episode, uh, breaking down the Mandalorian. Joseph, thanks again. As always, it's a pleasure, and um, I I kind of don't want this to end. This is this is is uh, I, I'm. It's weird that there's only two episodes left. Yeah, it's and then. Uh then wait till next october or maybe yeah. november yeah i'm not prepared to do that especially if baby yoda's in danger <laughs> um yeah and the, but, and the 
and the people back in the day, like like our parents, had to wait three years between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. With no internet. I have no idea how they did it. I have no they idea. Did, they didn't they even did. have like, it's like, oh, well, we're going to be off a year for the Mandalorian, but we've got the Bad Batch and we've got the comics <laughs> and we got the books. and We're so spoiled. We're literally so spoiled. Oh, man. All right. Well, Joseph, thanks again. And everybody, thanks for listening. We will be back next week as we get closer and closer to the season finale. 